0: my biggest advice after that whole process was to show up every day for yourself. Um, It doesn't have to be big, but if you show up every day and work at your craft every day, it becomes a habit.
1: Welcome to the passion behind the art show. It's all about diving in with individuals to learn the story behind their passion. It's your host, Daryl Pinker. Well, it's another awesome week, another great guest, and another opportunity for me to bring you value to someone else's story. But before we jump into that, I'm just so excited that episode 100 is coming up and it's gonna be amazing. Um, if you know about episode 50, I did a nine hour live stream with about 12 guests, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to do something similar to that again. So to learn more, go to passionbehindtheart.com slash one zero zero. That's passionbehindtheart.com slash one zero zero. Episode 100. It's coming, and I'm so excited about it. Remember, subscribe, leave a review on iTunes. We are on Spotify. We are on TuneIn Radio. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Stitcher. That's passionbehindtheart.com to learn about everything that we are doing and what's going on with the podcast and what's the next moves. So... Without further ado, let's jump into this week's episode. Well, I'm excited to have April Moralba on the passion behind the art show. Um, awesome designer, so I'm super excited to. Have her on the show. April, welcome. Thank
0: you, thank you. I'm really honored to be here. So I'm glad to be here.
1: Awesome. Um, well, let's jump right into it. How did your creative journey start?
0: Um, so I was a really creative kid. I was drawing all the time. I took music lessons and I used to write a lot. Um, I was really into anime, cartoons, comics, and movies. I would draw like name signs for my friends' lockers. Um, When it was time time to apply to college, I went for something a little bit more quote-unquote stable. I thought I would get a degree in psychology and eventually become an art therapist. Um, As a daughter to Filipino immigrants, I was trying to be practical um, and kind of sort of follow my dreams by doing the art therapy thing. Um, You know, it was all about that health insurance and 401k. Um, But it took me (laughs) one quarter in that psych degree to realize I did not want to go down that route. So I changed majors right away because mm. college is way too expensive um, to keep to go down a route that you know isn't for you. So I switched to graphic design. And when I took my right. first typography class, um, I knew I found something that um, resonated with me and that was special.
1: That's nice, that's nice. So let's talk a little bit about some of the stuff you just said. So a art therapist, please mm-hmm. <laughs> elaborate on that for me.
0: So um, from, it was a long time ago now, but what in my mind, what I wanted to do was I wanted to go into hospitals and people who had like physical injuries or um, even mental um, um, disabilities, they would use art as a way to either get back into physically, you know, if someone has had a stroke or something like that, um, you know, art would be a way to get back some of that mobility or if they were dealing through, you know, you um, know, depression or something like that, or dealing with, uh, you know, children um, who were in unstable places, they would have art to kind of bring them back to a place um, uh, for some stability, you know, art, using that, using art as a place to come back to and using it as a form of um, expression when everything else is kind of um, on the rocks or, you know, they're dealing with something else, but did not go down that route.
1: (laughs) So is that like drawing... For them?
0: No, I would be more of a facilitator, someone who would coach them through. Um, so they would be doing the art, and I would just be coaching, coaching them
1: through. So oh, I'd be more like a teacher.
0: So like introducing gotcha. like maybe some different um, mediums and figuring out how best they can express themselves. So it would, I wouldn't be doing any of the actual art in that going down that route. Um, And I think that was my biggest um, separation was that I wasn't being the one who created. I would be helping other people, which is completely like amazing, um, you know, job and, um, you know, way to contribute to other people's success and creative journeys. But I wasn't fulfilling mine at that point.
1: So I I think I've just had a light bulb moment. I think that lettering has become our our art
0: A thousand percent. It helps me. It helps. I know a lot of other artists who, you know, who use art or use specifically lettering to work through what they're feeling. You know, they have these words that they want to get out and maybe they're not, you know, um, they're not writers or anything like that. But they can use like a different way of, you know, using letters to express themselves.
1: Because when I really think about it, like I feel like I'm in my best and most calmest mental state when i'm just
0: yeah totally b-
1: just working on a a, a word a project or so just lettering
0: when you're in the in the zone when you're in the flow and you can do that for hours and it you know takes away um all the anxieties of the day it takes away you know everything else that you're worried about and you, if you can just slip into the zone and focus on creating something you know i feel like that's the best form of therapy um, escaping a little bit, but still like, you know, when I'm, when I'm lettering, I'm going through like, okay, everything isn't so bad if I'm, you know, doing what I love, you know, and I get to express Mm -hmm. myself a little bit that way. Or if I'm taking everything else from the outside, like if something's happening, um, politically that I'm, you know, either feeling frustrated about, or I'm trying to deal with how I feel about that stuff. Sometimes me going through the process of drawing something, um, will help me, you know, get some clarity on my thoughts around it.
1: Nice, nice. So are you still into like music? Are you still doing music? Do you no. have any remnants of any musical <laughs> skills?
0: Um, I used to play the piano. I took piano lessons until I think uh, freshman year or maybe eighth grade. I have not touched the piano since then. I really wish I, I did. I think by the time I had done it, I was, well, I wouldn't say forced to do it. But my parents really pushed doing the piano and being in, like, choir and stuff like that on me. And I think when it became an option, it became something that I didn't want to do. So I wish I had on my own, you know, wanted to right. do the music thing. I probably would have kept doing it if I wasn't, yeah. you know, forced to do it.
1: <laughs> right, right, right. I think uh, till this day, like, I understand music. But till this day, I wish, like, I played an instrument.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah my, yo- my younger brother plays the instrument and I'm yeah a little bit jealous. Yeah,
0: I think I'm, I'm really envious of people who play and well, who can actually pick up any instrument and, you know, pick it up within like a lesson or two. I, it took me eight years to, you know, be somewhat good at being as pian- <laughs> good at the piano. And then even then, I don't even know if I was that good. But maybe if I had kept up with it and wasn't, you know, uh, you know, motivated enough to keep doing it on my own. Then I think I I would really enjoy playing music now.
1: Mm. I, I'm usually curious when anyone mentions music because initially that's how this podcast got started. Yeah. I was um in interviewing musicians and that's where my my other world mm-hmm. is um in, is in music. Yeah. So anytime I am, have the opportunity to see anyone that is dibbling and dabbling music. Yeah. So I was curious. No, I'm not so, good at that
0: stuff, but I wish I was. I enjoy it. So but it's not, not my skill set.
1: Right, right, right. I understand because just an instrument. If you're not really into it, you're not gonna. It's so much work. It is.
0: Man. It's a lot of work. You <laughs> need a lot of time and a lot of like focused effort to become good at something like that. Um, much like in any other skill, like lettering or right. you know painting or anything like that. And if you are, if your heart's not in a thousand percent. Uh, you're, it's not going to go anywhere pretty bad. <laughs> it's
1: it's true, it's true, it's true, it's true. So, I know you mentioned anime. Is this where this love for Sailor Moon
0: yes. came about? As, as a kid, Sailor Moon was my hero, still is my hero. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, that was the very first anime, besides, you know, like Pokemon or whatever, um, that I ever enjoyed. And to this day, Sailor Moon is still a major influence in my life, as silly as that is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> when I justice, saw that, I was, like, <laughs> I was like, Sailor Moon, that is going back. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen or heard anything about Sailor Moon in a long time.
0: Yeah, it's, it's quite a throwback. There are still pretty strong fan um, bases out there that are still going pretty strong. but uh,
1: Which is true.
0: <laughs> there are some other <laughs> animes that I've, you know, I, I, I still watch some animes here and there, not as much as I used to. But Sailor Moon will always be, like, my first love, I think.
1: Okay, okay. So give me two more. Two more animes that you're pretty into. Uh,
0: right now, I would say My Hero Academia. If you haven't seen it, mm. really, really good one. Um, that's about, like, these young kids in, like, this hero school. And they have all these powers, and they're trying to learn how to use them. And um, throw it back a little farther back, but not quite as far back as Sailor Moon, but Naruto always have a place in my oh yeah
1: i think <laughs> i think everybody was um into naruto at some point yeah, i think that's a classic
0: one um there are some other ones that i um tried to go back and um watch like cowboy bebop i didn't i wasn't into the cowboy bebop when i was younger i tried to watch it a couple years ago i, I think i just wasn't into it at that point but maybe if i grown up watching it but there are some classics out there that i've like watched and um really enjoy but my here academia is probably my favorite currently
1: currently okay okay because <laughs> i was like man if she's if she's putting sailor moon in her bio like <laughs> she must really like this show i
0: do I, it, 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 I think for me it was like one of the first like um shows that i had watched as a young girl that focused a young girl so to me that really mm-hmm. resonated as like girl it was and it was unashamedly like girly and it was unashamedly like all about girl power uh for me I was like yes I'm a girl I relate to this I don't relate to uh Dragon Ball Z not at all not my jam as a kid so (laughs) (laughs) but I think I think it awakened that inner feminist in me at a very young age
1: (laughs) yes yes Sailor Moon is (laughs) very much up that alley (laughs) So, all right. So, let's fast forward a little. Now you're taking graphic design. Um you've graduated. Like, how did that transition go? Did you jump right into like your dream job? Did you, like what 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 was the 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 jump from from just studying graphic design to
0: so the real world? So, I graduated um I graduated in 2011, and I thought I was going to go in and um work on magazines. I thought I was going to go into the ad agency, like that realm. But at that time, there was not a lot of jobs going on. And like the uh, economy at that point was not great. And um, Mm -hmm. there weren't a lot of creative jobs around, especially because I grew up, I went to school, well, I grew up in Philly, went to college Mm -hmm. in Philly. And I mean, there was some job opportunities there. I had like some part-time things. Like I think I had, um, I was working at well, I went to school at Drexel University, and then I got hired at, at Drexel University at one of the like nice. interior departments, um, and it do, just doing things like banner ads and like um, email blasts and a lot of those kinds of really more traditional in house uh, graphic design stuff. So nothing too exciting, but it was like the first time I saw my designs on like a bus wrap or you know nice. <laughs> like that. So it was really like cool to see some of that kind of stuff go up, making invitations for um, uh, events for the school. And I got to work with, um, like the print vendors and I learned how Mm. to communicate with those kinds of, um, vendors at that point. Um, and I did here like little jobs like that here and there. And then, um, my fiance, my boyfriend at the time, he got accepted to UCSD in San Diego. And so I didn't have, I wasn't building a career currently in Philly. So um, and I had never lived anywhere outside of Philly, so I thought, "Oh, this is my chance to go on this great adventure, move all the way across the country, and kind of change up my life." Um, so I moved out to San Diego, and then did a couple, did a year or two more of like the whole getting a little job here and there, doing some in-house stuff that wasn't really exciting. Um, and so I was always looking for something else and something new. Um, and then I got a job at a letterpress boutique. Um, so mm. there. Is where I kind of uh, took my lettering more seriously. So I got to work on wedding invitations. I got to work on stationary stuff. But the place where I really started to learn at my love for lettering was in greeting card design, actually. So mm. that was like the first time. because you, with greeting card design, you can just you don't. I mean, you couldn't. Yeah, sorry. You can just throw up fonts and um, it'll look like anyone could do it. So if you wanted to do something a right. little bit unique and a little bit special. Um, hand lettering was something that I could, that I picked that I had always had interest in, but it was my chance to like come up with something a little bit more different and a little bit more um, unique in terms of um, design out there for greeting cards. So um, from there, I spent like four or five years at that um, boutique. And then from there, I um, was picking up freelance clients while I was working there. And then I decided to go freelance about two years ago.
1: Nice. Yeah. So you were 100% freelance right now.
0: Yes, 100% freelance since May
1: 2017. That is awesome. That's <laughs> yeah, awesome. It's been a That's all awesome. right.
0: So starting off the lettering there and then kind of just doing more and more and more of that kind of stuff.
1: Cool. Cool. So now you've starting with greeting cards really opened the door for you to kind of just experiment with your lettering skills and kind of take it to a higher level. Like now that you've kind of acquired this skill, like what are some, so we know one way you're a full-time freelance. What are some of the ways that you're using this design skill now to generate revenue?
0: So I have a couple of streams of revenue. One is definitely client work. So things like um what have i done lately i have done some packaging for for a restaurant i am doing some menus um i it's not out yet but i have done a greeting card for another card company, a different card company that's not out yet it's out next holiday um don't you hate that i know i can't really talk about it <laughs> it's like a really cool project <laughs> i would love to tell you about it <laughs> <laughs> but it's not out yet. <laughs> but so yeah, a lot of different kinds of things. Been working on some logos. Um uh when I first started freelancing, I took on anything and everything. So I would take on web stuff. I would take on like all this other stuff that I knew why I wanted to like um test how I felt about that because I was doing print such print heavy stuff. I thought, oh, I need to start doing web stuff because Um, I hadn't been doing web stuff, so I need to get back into that to be a good graphic designer. Um, and, uh, the last, the first year I did some of that stuff, I didn't like it. I wasn't good at it and I just, I I wasn't good at it because I didn't love it. So that first year was like, yes, I'll take on everything and anything just to see like what I liked and what I didn't like. Um, but yeah. Now that I know that it's mostly the print related stuff, mostly packaging, mostly you know things that will be printed is probably where I'm gonna be focusing my work, but who knows that could change that's what I like now um, right. so client work, I have my shop, which is where I sell um stickers um prints, and other various things. It's relatively small, but that's how i um, that's another source of income but so client work, my shop, and what I would like to do in the future is set up um uh, digital downloads of things. So like fonts Mm -hmm. and some other assets that I would like to, um, you know, put out there in the world, but that's like the next coming year or so I would like to focus on that kind of stuff.
1: So that's cool. That's cool. Those
0: three streams of revenue would be what I'm focusing on this year.
1: That's cool. So with the digital stuff, are you planning to kind of just build it out on your own platform or cipher in from someone else's platform
0: um so I was thinking of jumping into the creative market scene just to like Mm -hmm. test it out to see if it's going to work out um I wanted to throw up maybe like one font or some other assets on there just to see if it's going to work if it works and I like doing it then maybe I'll probably switch over to housing it myself and selling it through my website but I think for now just for testing and because creative market has um you know uh they have a market (laughs) right uh, and it would just be a good place to this test to see like without like low risk and some exposure um i think it would be a, a good place to just you know try it out and see if i like it or if it does well Makes if it doesn't sense. sell at all then yeah maybe i mm. won't <laughs> maybe i keep going down the route but <laughs> I, feel well,
1: like- I mean it's a good um it's a good arsenal to have just have digital products out there to just kind of generate revenue
0: yeah and I've been, I've always wanted to create a font. Um, I, I think in my head, I think it's this really big, arduous like process. But I think once I start it, it won't be that bad. I think in just my mm-hmm. head, it seems like this impossible task, and I have to make a million yeah, glyphs yeah. for everything. But I think if I just start it and get it done, it won't... It won't maybe, I don't know, I could be completely wrong. But I'm probably not as hard as I think of it in my head.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, to me, I feel the same way, like... Just thinking about a font sometimes, it just seems like, man, this thing is going to be so daunting.
0: Yeah, that's that's where I am now. <laughs> but I'm excited by it. I'm like, yes, right. I'd love to try it. I want to make every glyph in the world to like, you know, <laughs> make it a really awesome font and make sure proportions are right and learn. I feel like it will make me learn a lot more about typography on a level right. like that I've never experienced before. So I feel like that would be just another challenge for me.
1: And that alone. Is a reason to do yeah, it
0: a hundred percent now it's just right. carving out the time to work on that
1: <laughs> that's <the> true <laughs> that's like um, that's like iteration heaven <laughs>
0: yeah a thousand percent so the next year or so i'm giving myself uh you know within this year to create a font so but i like i like doing iteration some people you know think it's you know tedious like um, when my fiance looks at my work I and mean, he, he can't tell the difference between around two and around 500, <laughs> and like, no, you can't see the differences. That's just, I love it. I just love is, isn't
1: that, true? <laughs> that is so true. That is so true. So what would you say was the, the hardest thing or the hardest struggle that you had to overcome?
0: Um, I think the hardest struggle for me is, um, getting out of my own way, um, Mm. overall I'm relatively a shy person um I'm an introvert and I'm definitely a socially nervous person so when I uh, you know meet new people or go to a different event that I um I've never been to before um I stumble over my words I you know stutter and um I struggle to explain things eloquently when I'm you know really nervous um but I feel like to be a good freelancer um showing up, being seen, um, and connecting, connecting with people face to face, um, as well as online is really important. I used to let my fears and anxieties, um, stop me from going to events, scheduling coffee dates, or even on my Instagram, sometimes I'll hide behind my work. I don't like show my face a lot. I don't, um, I don't go live or anything like that. And I think that, um, it kind of, stops me from getting really personal with people who follow me so um I think that that's important and I really like following people who um show up in our scene I like knowing a little bit more about the people that I'm following um and not just their work I mean I I follow them for their work but there are some people who you know because I know a little bit more about them it gives me some context to their work Mm -hmm. and I feel like um I need to work on that and that's something that's I've struggled with but i think i'm getting better at just slowly
1: nice nice but <clears throat> make no mistake when this episode goes out people are gonna know <laughs> you a lot better
0: <laughs> yeah i don't think i ever put my my voice out there ever i just i don't i don't talk on my instagram stories or go live or anything like that so here's my voice y'all <laughs>
1: <laughs> well it's crazy that you say that cuz if you didn't say that I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to tell.
0: Oh, thank you. that's a to surprise tell. to me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Um uh just keep doing what you're doing. I mean, I feel like just more that the more you do it. It's just like anything else, the more that's you true. do it.
0: It's very very true. The yeah. more that the more that I go out there and get a little bit uncomfortable and settle in being uncomfortable, the more I, uh, you know, the less uncomfortable that it is. So I try to go out there. I've done more events last year than I ever have. So um, I'm going out there, showing face, saying hi to people and doing things by myself as opposed to, you know, relying on like a friend to come with me or something
1: like that. Right, right. Which is, make no mistake, it's, if you're not really that type of person, it's kind of terrifying. It's hard, it's It's really hard. It's (laughs) mentally terrifying. You
0: get into your, I, I still, you know, sometimes I'll come back from from an event and I'll be like, oh my God, why did I say that? And then I'll be up the rest of the night just replaying that conversation again and again. Like, why did you say that? And it's probably they, they probably have no idea that I'm thinking like how how horribly embarrassed I am. But yeah. That's how I been spend there. my time some days.
1: <laughs> <laughs> been there. Been there. Been there. <laughs> I totally get it. Totally get it. So who are some of the people that kinda, you know, Was a shoulder to lean on, gave you support, gave you just kind of enthusiasm and just through this journey?
0: Um, In one sense, my parents have always wanted me to have the best life possible. Um, When I wanted to change careers and go towards the design route, as opposed to something a little bit more practical, um, we butted heads a lot. And it was only I Mm. know. Looking back on it, I know that they only want, they only did it because they were looking out for me. They might not have said this, they like the things that I would wanted them to say in the moment, um, but I know that everything that they said was coming from a place of love. And um, even though they didn't understand design, they still helped as much as they could um, in terms of like right. helping me get through school. And you know, if I didn't um, if I didn't have supplies, then they, they would help me buy supplies or something like that. So I think my parents. Even though we had a rocky start to the be- in the beginning of my design career, um, I wouldn't I couldn't have done it without them and they understand mm. now that this is what I love and I can succeed at it. So they're okay with me doing this. And Ooh, second of all awesome. my uh, my fiance um, because I am like a socially anxious person and I'm anxious in general, um, he's helped me through you know being being a freelancer there's a lot of ups and downs there's a lot of rocky times there are some, some days where uh, you know i feel like a failure and i feel like um i, I there's a lot of like self doubt so he's there um as a support to me to make me feel like i'm not going crazy and that i'm not worthless and that this imposter syndrome is just all in my head so my parents and my fiance are probably the two biggest supports i have um i have a lot of great creative friends too just to put that in there in san diego um and i think it's important to have those kinds of people um, I mean, it's great to have like your immediate family, but I think people who are doing what you're also doing, they're invaluable in terms of like, you know, um, getting exactly what you're doing.
1: Right. Right. I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I think the minute I built that circle, the people that understood design, the people that were in that creative arena, yeah, it changed my career like greatly.
0: Yeah being surrounded by people who are working as hard as you do and understand your struggles and know what it's like to live that creative entrepreneur life is, is amazing. Cause then you have, you know, you can ask them questions that you might be too scared to ask someone else or, you know, be a little bit more vulnerable. Like, I don't know what to do. It's almost tax season. And the first time I went through tax season, I reached out to some of these people, like I have to do what, I, I, who are, who are your contacts? Who's going to help me out? Um, and you might not necessarily, you know, want to say that to someone who's been in it for, right. you know, a good couple of years. But if you have a friend who's kind of in it with you or just a couple of years ahead of you, then they can relate. And it's not so scary asking them.
1: It's true. It's true. It's true. I, I'm there with you on that. I'm there with you. So what's that thing that you can't live without? That's not your
0: phone. That's not my phone. Um and iPad, does that count? Can I say that? Is that, is that cheating? <laughs> you can't say that.
1: You may be the last person that I'm going to have say that. I, like, I have a
0: <laughs> feeling. I was like, oh, that's a little bit too typical. Um, but, okay, the iPad is, is my biggest tool. It's the tool that I use the most. Um, and, in, like, with Procreate and I, the Apple Pencil is just pretty invaluable. Um, my French press, that's also very important to me. Mm.
1: Um
0: uh what else um i had one more thing and now i forget it uh i think that's it i'll I'll go with my ipad and my french press coffee and the ability to draw and stuff
1: (laughs) i thought you were gonna say coffee because um the amount of times i see coffee going through your work and just in (laughs) in everything you put out there, i'm like coffee
0: is very, very important to me. I like the way it <laughs> tastes. I, I, I needed whatever I get up. Um, and even just to like, you know, I like to go to coffee shops, um, and meet up with people there. If I have, a, if I have a meeting, um, connecting over coffee is one of my favorite things to do. Um, and yeah, I, I just love the coffee culture. I like the process of making coffee. I used to use, um, I used to make drip coffee, but that would just take too long um i wasn't i'm not gonna spend 30 minutes making coffee every day wow. <laughs>
1: talk <laughs> well about, that's why talk about talk about patience
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and i didn't have patience for that first thing in the morning um but yeah my french press i would say
1: nice nice and
0: coffee nice
1: grinder. So, uh, <laughs> coffee grinder <Yep. laughs> uh, th- all right i'll take those two. i'll take those two because I, I think I've been on a roll with um, I, iPads.
0: I, I noticed that, so I was like, I don't want to say it again. So <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll sneak in something else.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that. I'll take those too. So, book recommendations. What are some of your um, top books?
0: So I have two. If that, if I can do that. So one, for, yeah, one sure. for fun, and one for lettering. So Martina Flores' "Golden Secrets of Lettering" is probably by far. My favorite uh, lettering book. Um, there are a lot of other lettering books that I have, but I think her book um, is solid in terms of like it gives very practical tips. Um, mm. There are some books that I had there like this is this is one style, this is one style, and the rest of the book is just like blank pages for you to play on, which is great. But I think her book is just a, a really great resource in terms of like, if you're a letter letterer or if you are more advanced and it just gives you more and more tips and it, it doesn't just focus on um, lettering by itself. It also talks about like her career and how she gets clients and how to present her work in the best way possible. So um, I think overall, as a lettering artist, it has given me a lot of like um, just practical tips. So we'll go cool. with um, cool. Golden, Golden Secrets of Lettering by my, T- my Tina Floor. And then my second book recommendation is also kind of cheating because it's um, a trilogy. That's not really a trilogy right now because the third book is coming, but it's The King Killer Chronicles by Patrick Rothfuss. Um, okay. The first book is called Name of the Wind. So it's one of those books that it's about a hero's journey. So it has all about, has you know magic in it, has tragedy and comedy, and it's all about this kid finding his skills in the world. I think... Patrick Rothfuss himself described the first book as a really long book about a boy trying to get into a library. So I don't know if that's enticing to you. <laughs> <laughs> but it is definitely one of my favorite books of all time. I listen to it every year. And every time it finishes, when I finish listening to both of those books, um, I get really sad and I miss it. And I, I miss mm. I miss it. Um, he does such a good job of World building that I, I I get totally immersed into it, and I just love wow. being in that world.
1: So, this, so these are you're listening. This is the audiobook you're listening yeah. to.
0: So, when okay. I when I'm working, I like to listen to either podcasts or audiobooks. Um, I don't like watching TV while I'm working. I think when right. I'm watching TV, I, I'm visually distracted. A lot of people like putting on the TV for the, on the background, but I find it too distracting since i need my eyes and my hands to be doing one thing i, I if i if i keep looking at the tv then i keep getting disrupted but if i'm listening to something then i get you know all that content delivered just straight into my ears
1: <laughs> right right okay I like uh i'm intrigued about the second book
0: recommendation i would definitely recommend it if you are into fantasy it's not it's yeah. not super high fantasy so it's not tolkien level um but it's also not like you know Harry Potter, where it's very base level fantasy. I love Harry Potter, but it's a little step above that, so it's it's a fun.
1: Okay. <laughs> okay. Cool. 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 So, what is the first hour of April's day like?
0: Um, <laughs> I have been a night owl my entire life. Um, my brain, <laughs> at midnight to two o'clock in the morning. That's like when I get the most like excited. I I start thinking. My brain goes a million miles an hour. Um, at twelve to midnight. Um, but I have been trying really hard, really, 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 really hard to get up (laughs) at like six or seven o'clock in the morning. Um, I usually get up at like eight or nine, but I'm trying to change that because the days that I do wake up at six or seven o'clock in the morning, I blow through my to-do list like really, really quickly and really efficiently. So by noon, one o'clock in the afternoon, I'm done. So I don't know why I can't do that. I mean, I know what the problem is. The problem is I can't get to bed until I can't get to bed. I don't understand who can be relaxed at 10 o'clock at night. I don't know. My brain just doesn't shut off. Um, I don't know. I've tried a million different alarms. I've tried putting my alarm across the room. I've tried this one alarm where you have to like – get up, take a picture of something, and then that turns off the alarm. And I set it for the, for the bathroom. I'm like, okay, I'll get up and I'll take a picture of my sink. And I will still get up, turn off the alarm, take a picture of the sink, and then go back to bed. <sighs> so I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying really hard. But on a good day, when I do wake up, the first thing that I do is I get, I get dressed to work out, I make coffee and breakfast, I take the dog out for a walk, and then I journal. Um, and mm-hmm. then I plan my day. So first hour, nice. those things, uh, nice, those are the nice, things that I nice, get done. Nice. The first hour nice. I wake up. Well, so let me tell you at six, six o'clock in the morning or nine o'clock.
1: <laughs> so let me tell you that what happens is the more often you get up early, the more you'll start getting sleepy earlier. I
0: know.
1: But it doesn't happen right away. I
0: know. I,
1: I it has to, it's like after a process, like eventually, like at 10, 930, you'll start feeling sleepy. The reason why I'm telling you this, because I was you. I was that <laughs> night owl person. I was that person that like once it hits like 11, everyone's gone to bed. The stillness of the night. Yes. I'm starting to just crank oh. it out all the way up into the early morning. That's
0: exactly how my but, brain works right now.
1: So when I flipped it around, took me a little while. It took some mornings where I was like, I can't believe <laughs> I'm doing this. But now that I've flipped it around, my mental state is just so different.
0: I so want that. different. I want what you have now.
1: <laughs> it well, this is this is this is um almost 2 years. Okay. This is almost two years, so it it's not like I just started it a few months ago. It's almost two years, so it. Eventually, I say, as I said, like twenty one days. Within twenty one days, you should be able to break any habit. Mm -hmm. So, if you could keep it consistent for twenty one days, you'll start seeing the the body shifting.
0: I think one thing that I need to kind of get over is I need to stop shifting. Like instead of try, I, I try to get up at six. I try to get up at six. What I know, if my body now gets up at nine, I should try seven thirty or even like eight o'clock. You know, just I need to go a little slower instead. of like, gradually <laughs> gradually get there <laughs> instead of. I think every day I set myself up for a, a failure because I'm a little too gung ho about it. Like I'm gonna get up at six, I'm gonna work out, and I'm gonna do everything, and I'll be you know at my computer before nine o'clock, and then power through everything. I think I, I think it's just a little too. A little too uh, gung ho. (laughs) I think I need to take a step. Yeah, you just gotta sometimes,
1: you know, take it gradual, gradual steps. Um, Uh, And I mean, like, I'm not like you don't have to do it, but like I can tell anyone that was the night owl person, my mind and how it feels in the morning is completely different. Yeah. From how it feels when I used to stay up late. Yeah, and it, I, I work so much different and better.
0: Yeah. I get little snippets of that when I do get up early and I just know that if I were to do it consistently, it would change my entire, my entire life, my entire day. I think I'd be more consistent with all the good habits that I have. And now it's just a matter of sticking to it. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to, it's it. going to happen. It's going to happen. 21 days. You said I can make 21, days. 21 days. I'll get, I'll get back 21 days. <laughs>
1: I'm marking it. <laughs> so jet from January 31st. Yeah. I'm going to hit days. you up, within 21 <laughs> days.
0: Hey, hey, it's out there now. <laughs> I can't not do it. <laughs> so, I'm held accountable yeah. now. I've said it.
1: That is the truth. <laughs> so what's next? What's next for April?
0: Um, hopefully more of the same stuff. I love what I'm doing right now. Hopefully I get more lettering projects um, in the future. Um, I think dream projects that I would love to do is eventually I would do I would love to do a book cover, um, specifically for like young adult or children's books. That's like the absolute dream. So hopefully that happens at some point, and hopefully sometime soon. That would be great. And then like I told you in um, earlier some for some personal projects, I would love to create that font this year. So those right. are my, my my goals goals.
1: Nice, I like those. I like those. So you've been doing freelance for a little while and I feel like this question will help a lot of people out there like how are you maintaining well not maintaining but bringing in client flow client flow
0: so client how are
1: you are you getting clients
0: so I'm really lucky in that most of my clients are referral based so um I like to think that I have a really great relationship with my clients and that um you know if I have a good relationship with my clients and I do a really great job, then they'll refer me to another person and then another person. And then even um, like vendors that I work with, like print uh, printers, um, sometimes they'll even refer me to someone who, um, who needs someone if they reach out to them um, just because they like working with me and I like working with them. So it becomes a a process that kind of feeds back into itself and Instagram Mm -hmm. and social media helps a little bit. I'll get, you know, some some work from there, but it's not like, you know, some people think, oh, you, you have like X amount of followers. I mean, you must have work all the time. And that's not necessarily true when you are, um, uh, you know, freelance it's, it's like, you know, I wish that was the case. And most of my clients were coming from Instagram, but I do get clients from there, but it's, it's mostly, um, referrals for me. Right.
1: Right. Right. So what advice would you have for creatives out there?
0: Um, so I think my biggest advice would be, um, in 2017, I did the 365 day project where I would draw something every day and post it online every single day. Um, and it was definitely hard sometimes. And sometimes I would only spend five to 10 minutes, but, um, drawing something. And then I would just put it up there, even if it, even if I, you know, thought it sucked or wasn't like to my level, but I'm still like, I was still posting something every single day. Um, it got it got me over that perfectionist mentality uh, really quick. Um, but I think my biggest advice after that whole process was to show up every day for yourself. Um it doesn't have to be big, but if you show up every day and work at your craft every day, it becomes a habit. And then so, you know, working when you don't feel like it, it's not really a thing because you're just working because you have to work. Um, Mm -hmm. you don't have to post every single day if you don't want to, but as long as you're showing up every single day. You'll gain confidence in yourself and you'll keep your tools sharp, um whether that be you know if you're a designer, you're a letterer, you're a musician, you know as long as you show up for yourself and make sure you're um, incrementally um, improving yourself, then I think that's the the biggest thing that you could do
1: i I love that <clears throat> show up every day yep. show up every show day. up
0: every day even if yeah. it's just for a little bit,
1: right i'm there with you on that so where can people go to learn about april all that she's so doing at
0: crash boom designs.com um on instagram crash boom designs um and twitter if you are on twitter i'm not, not active on twitter but on twitter i'm april moralvo
1: okay nice 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 well april this has been Awesome. It has been a true pleasure talking to you. Yeah,
0: it's been so much fun. I'm so glad we got to do this.
1: That's awesome. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that. Well, I'm going to let you go, but I'm definitely keep in touch. Take care.
0: Thank you so much for the opportunity to talk to you. Bye-bye.
1: Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I hope it's been super valuable to you and you're now ready to take your audience building, your community growing, to the next level to help you and help me build our empire for lack of a better word or just to build our thing um remember to stop by itunes passion behind the art and leave a review and subscribe it's very important to me it helps the podcast grow and it makes me feel good to kind of hear from you guys to know what you like about this podcast what it's done for you so jump on itunes and subscribe, and leave a review, passion behind the art, be blessed.